Well, good morning and afternoon, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, wake up, Kip. <laughs> Let's welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host, Kip Allen. You know, Let's Talk's the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but may have questions. In short, you know, that program's designed for someone just like me. You know, there's a lot I don't understand. Yeah, not necessarily anything soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been bugging me for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep theological discussion with a pastor, sometimes a just a front porch casual talk is the best way to understanding it. And that's what this program is all about. Today's guest is Mark Preuss of St. Andrew's Lutheran Church in Laramie, Wyoming. I have my questions. I'm sure you have yours. You can send your questions by email at any time to letstalk at kfuo.org or call in during the program. If you're in St. Louis, including the Metro East area, call 314-8210-850 or toll-free 800-730-2727 anywhere in the Lowell 48. Well, Pastor Preuss, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be back, Kip. Yeah, oh, I'm glad you joined me here on the front porch. You know, I do want to talk about something that has been on my mind for a while, and it's actually kind of serious. Um, I'm, it started back, uh, I'm, I'm sure you remember the case of Maggie Kerner. She was the uh, the Lutheran who had uh, glioblastoma and was, was dying, and she was involved in... Uh, there was another lady by the name of uh, Brittany, uh, Brittany Maynard, who had the same disease, but had decided she was going to commit suicide. And Maggie kept urging her not to do it and sent a very touching and very wonderful open letter to her, explaining all the reasons why she shouldn't. And since then, you know, I've had some friends and uh, relatives, for that matter, who have found themselves in a situation where they are facing a terminal illness. Take the, take the case of cancer, for example. There's chemotherapy, and there's surgery, and there's radiation that can maybe stop the disease a little bit, push it back, maybe uh, give you a little bit more of life. But there's a price to pay for that in terms of quality of life. You know, Chemotherapy and radiation can be have, have debilitating side effects. And I've got to thinking that if ever I was faced with that situation, I'd be very tempted just to say, no, I don't want any life-extending treatment, just give me palliative care. So the question I have for you, Pastor, is that a sin not to try to preserve my life? Um. Probably not. <laughs> I I, uh, I don't. I guess it, it kind of depends upon the circumstance. So, for if if you if you know that it is terminal, um, then it's a different issue than if you don't. Um, so generally, like if you so for example, if somebody gets a horrible cut and he's bleeding, and he doesn't want to bandage it, and and bandaging it will uh, save his life. Then yeah, that's a sin. Um, but uh, and it's hard to get into, you know. Like one of the one of the things we got to lay down a few principles. One is that life is valuable regardless of its quality. Okay, that's just true. Life is valuable regardless of its quality. So if if uh, and the reason for this is because um, it got, life is made in God's image. So for example, the most valuable life 
uh, is Christ's life. Because, and, and, and we see its value when he suffered and died. Do, do you see? So his, in, in suffering, there is, there's a lot of value in suffering. We may not be able to see it, but there is a lot of value in it. Um, whether it is you uh, learning to repent of your sins and to cry out to God, or it is giving the opportunity for others to show love and mercy, which is what we are made for. Um, there, there, we, we have to maintain that, is that just because the quality of life uh, isn't that great doesn't mean that the life isn't worth living. That being said, um, and that's a very important point, because people who don't hold to, um, uh, a cr- who don't believe that a creator made them in his own image, they're, the only purpose of life is happiness. And if they're not happy, they see no purpose in life. And this extends to all sorts of things, you know, to suicide and, and this is why we have physician-assisted suicide, but also just to, to the high rates of depression and, and uh, kind of just um, hopelessness that we see in our culture. But that being said, I, I don't, um, I mean, I'm kind of with you in the sense that if, if I had terminal cancer, I would want to use my, what life I have left with the, with the strength that I have left to set my house in order to spend time with my family and, and, and in whichever way I could do that better, I would choose that. You, you see? So simply to keep the life going so that you are in some way living doesn't necessarily mean that you're able, you're able to do more for the people God has put in your life. And so we got to kind of look at it, got to kind of look away from would I be able to handle that to what would I be able to do? You know, what, what, what is, what is, what has God put me here for? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's, uh, and I, I think that's 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 kind of where I'm at. I, and it's a very difficult question. I know some people, you, you have to be very careful. Like uh, people will say, "No, oh, he's brain dead. There's never he's never going to come back," and and then so they just take him off life support. And then, but then there are other examples where they've said he's brain dead, and then he comes back. So it's it's those issues are very difficult. Um, but when we're talking about our own personal decision of, hey, you have stage four. Um, pancreatic cancer, you know, mm-hmm. um, this is, well, okay. That means I only have so much time and, and thank God that you know, you have this and, and, and or that, not, thank God that you know, not that you have it, but that you know, you have it so you can prepare yourself. You know, there's a hymn that, uh, the Lutherans sing called who knows when death may overtake me. And, um, one of the stanzas goes, help me to set my house in order, you know, this is one of the prayers that we have. We don't want to, we don't want death to come upon us unawares, you know, and because we want to be ready. We want to be uh, in the faith and we want to have um, our families taken care of, you know, and our things in order so that nobody has to sort through it and, uh, um, and, and be given more pain. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I think a lot of us have thought of this, you know, if, if we're near the end of our life and we know we're near the end of our life, we're going to make sure we say things to certain people and do things that we, we know we need to do. And so in that sense, that, that's, that's kind of where, wherever I'm at. I, I don't think it's a sin to refuse treatment if, um, refuse treatment, um, if you have your house in order and, uh, and if you know you're going to tie it anyway, like it's very clear, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult thing. And I, I think maybe other, um, other Christians would, would disagree with me, and they would say that no, you have to preserve life on the principle that life is good, 
and uh, and so it must we almost always do everything possible to preserve it. Um, and to that, I would say, yeah, I, I agree with you in principle, but but at the same time, uh, God uh, God is the one who created life, and God is also the one who ends our life. So He allowed the cancer to come. You know, He allowed this thing to happen, and uh, and so we can you know say, okay, well, that will be done, and uh, and I will do what I can in the time that God has given me every day, every breath is a gift from God, you know? So, so, um, as Paul says, we redeem the time, uh, because the days are evil. And this is, I've, I just recently thought about this like a few weeks ago. Is that, that has always been on my mind, you know, I, and you, you must know this, the older I get, the faster time goes by. I don't know if that's true for you. It is. <laughs> <But> it's, it's, <laughs> it really yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now I have all these kids. I'm like, how did they get so big? You know, this is just uh, this is amazing. And uh, But to redeem in the Bible means to set free by paying a ransom. To set free by paying a ransom. Hmm. So Jesus sets us free from our sins, and he pays the ransom. The ransom is his life. It is his blood. Um, Israel was redeemed from bondage to in Egypt, and so they were set free, and the ransom was the firstborn and the blood of the Lamb. And, uh, and so you have this set free by paying a ransom. Well, how do we redeem the time? And first, what are we redeeming it from? And we are, we are redeeming it from uh, evil, because the days are evil. Well, how do we redeem the time from, the, the, the time from evil? You know? Well, what we do is uh um what we do is we uh we 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 have to uh pay a ransom in a sense right what is the ransom well it is our lives we give our lives for uh uh for in service of god and others by faith in christ and we make sure that the time that god has given us is used for uh in in love toward god and, and 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 towards our neighbor and 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 uh, and I think that's the issue. Is are you you know are you redeeming the time so that the days are evil? So if you have some like I mean I've seen people ravaged by uh, not just by cancer but by uh, chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. You know they're 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 they're, deb- they're debilitated. You know they they can't do anything. Do, do, do you know what I mean? And yeah, so, yeah. And so then the question is the the question is well what what is his life? You know obviously you know a lot of times people just cling to I just want you here I just want you here I just want you here. And that's good, you know, but I, I really, I think this is one of those matters where it, it, it's, it's, there is no uh, black and white issue. It depends upon the situation and, and, and a person who is in the situation should ask, you know, himself and ask other wise um, people around him, what, what, what do I need to do? You know, what, what should I do? I have this much time left, you know, and I don't even know how much time I have left, but, 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 but. I can, you know, what can I do in this, in, 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 in these few days? And would it be better if I took this treatment or this? Is there a chance? Is it, is it actually worth it? You know, what are the, you know, what, what does the doctor say? And, um, and just, just fighting and fighting and fighting so that you're, all you're doing is focusing on fighting against the disease and you're not able to take care of the ones that God put in your life. That's, that's rough, you know? Um, and I don't, I don't blame either side, you know, for whichever they choose. I'm sure Generally speaking, this is what is on their mind, you know. But yep. we have to be aware. We have to be aware of of um, thinking that. I mean, I remember I've been in hospitals where I'm trying to talk to a person who's dying, and the person is just refusing to 
to admit that death is coming. Oh, boy, have now, I been there. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll be talking about his next job or his next vacation or when he's going to see this person or this or that and just completely ignoring death knocking at the door, you know. And, and if, that is, if that is the attitude, if that is the attitude that is driving the fight against the cancer or seeking treatment, then that's very dangerous. That's very, very dangerous. You need to, a Christian should, uh, like the hymn goes, um, death cannot destroy forever. From our cares, uh, from our fears, cares, and tears, it will us deliver. It will end life's sad story, make a way that we may enter heavenly glory. That's the way that we view death. Death itself cannot appall them. They rejoice when the voice of their Lord doth call them. This is how we think. You know, God is calling you. And so you've got to turn your focus to the voice of Jesus because he is the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in him will never die. That's what he teaches. And so if, 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 if the motive for seeking treatment is to avoid preparing yourself for death, that's far worse than a person just resigning himself to death and saying, well, looks like God's come, Jesus is coming to take me. I'm, I'm going to use my wits and everything that I have to make sure my house is in order, say goodbye to my to my loved ones for a little while, just a little while, because I'll see them soon. And, and if you can do that better by refusing treatment, then I, I, I just, I refuse to see that that's wrong. You know, I, I hope, I hope I'm being, I'm being somewhat clear here. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and I really related to the story you told about the fellow in the hospital. Uh, you know, my wife died and uh, she was ill for like yeah. 18 months and just completely refused to admit that this was a fatal disease. I remember when she was first diagnosed. She had COPD and uh, was first diagnosed. And the doctor is very upfront. This is progressive. It is fatal. There's nothing we can do to reverse it. And she just completely ignored that. And, uh, yeah. and we yeah, had... A, and that's, oh. it, it got that's even worse. I mean, we, we hit one point where, you know, she was very insistent that she wanted every possible treatment. And... Uh, a few months before the final, before the end, uh, she went into crisis, and the uh, the doctor said to me, uh, "We can let her go now." And boy, did I have to think that over, because <laughs> I really did want to let yeah. her go and let the, let the, let the suffering end. But she was insistent, so I said, "No, let's bring her back and let it, the disease take its course," which we did. And uh, I talked to my pastor about that at the time, and he said, you know, God gives us so many years to live. Sometimes man can extend it, but that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I ran into that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, extreme, it's extremely rough, and that's why I, I in these end-of-life decisions, um, we should never go at it alone. And, and I mean, we should always go with God, and God puts people in our lives. Um, and, uh, and it has to do primarily with the soul of the person who's departing. You know, point the person to Jesus. And what I've done in situations where, where the person is refusing to see what's actually happening, mm -hmm. I've, just, I've just simply ignored the conversation that, that they want to talk about and start talking about Jesus. And they kind of get annoyed sometimes, but I just smile and I keep doing it until we're talking about Jesus. 
because my job there is not my job is not simply to make the person feel comfortable and and uh, and ignore the very real enemy at the door, you know. And you got to face it. Christians need to face death with certainty. And 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 the question is how. It's not you know you the, the, you'll have uh, you've had you have pagans and heathen who are, who are not afraid to die because or, or Muslims. Um, who are terrorists who are not afraid to, afraid to die because they have this hope of a future reward in some way, you know, of, of, of great honor and glory. But that's all based upon their own speculation. Our confidence is based on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. That's our confidence. This is what it says, uh, what Paul says to the Thessalonians in chapter 4 of his first epistle. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, about those who have fallen asleep. Um, because if we believe that Jesus died and rose, then God will also bring with him those who have fallen, to, fallen asleep in him. And that's, that's, it is because he died and rose for me, he conquered death. Isaiah prophesies, he says, I will remove the veil, the covering of death that is over the peoples. I will swallow up death forever. And that's where, like, like Luther talks about this, says, the Christian's whole life is the preparation for death. You know, oh, yeah. this, is, this is this is how it is. And I, I think we we push death away from us so often, you know, and it used to be much more real, you know, and, and thank God for all these this medication and everything that we have. Um, but we used to you, we used to have songs like in in the midst of like in the funeral in the burial. Right. It says in the midst of life, we are in death. You know, that's how it goes. And uh, Luther wrote a hymn about this uh, based on an old medieval hymn. And. When we recognize that, and then, then, then we will have that confidence. But that means actually dealing with what causes death, which is our sin. And this is a big difference between us and others. Like, when people say death is a part of life, that could be true in the sense that we have to suffer death. Um, and, and we see death affecting us in many ways. But that's, it's not true with regard to creation. God didn't create us to die. Death is not a part of life. It's the end of life. And so we have to recognize what ends life, and that is sin. That is the this, this separation from God who is life, who gives us life. And when we recognize that, then we, part of preparing for death is repentance. We, 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 we repent of our, um, uh, of our sins, and we turn to Christ, who promises that, uh, that whoever believes in him will never die, and whoever lives in, uh, will never see death, and whoever lives and believes in him will never die. And... Uh, and that is a beautiful promise. Um, but the fact is that the only evidence we have for it is the Word of God. You know, that's it. Yeah, that's pretty what solid. <laughs> yeah, it is solid. It is solid. But, but to the flesh, to, to, to your worries, it does not seem solid in that moment, you know? And that's why preparing for death every day is part of our life, you know? Like, you know, the old, the old prayer that we learned, and I don't know if you said this as a kid, but I did, and... I teach it to my kids along with a lot of other prayers, but now I lay me down to sleep. If, um, it's the Lord my soul Lord to keep. So- if, if I should, should die before, before I wake, wake, I ask I the, Lord the Lord my soul to take. My soul to take. Yeah. 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 And this, yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah. I, raised I, with, I was raised with that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think the the danger, the danger here of what you had just said I, again, I'm looking at the situation where my my wife is in that crisis period. Uh, if it were me, 
I would have wanted her to have been let go. But the thing was, I couldn't make the decision for her. I could only make it for myself. Mm -hmm. She had already made the decision. She wanted to struggle through. And I think there's the danger Mm -hmm. is when you realize that, gee, it'd be better for me if this were all over. But it's not your decision to make if you are responsible for another person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another question, too. So, so far, I've just been addressing the issue of, um, you know, you making the decision mm-hmm. if that happens to you. But but helping another person, yeah, that gets a little bit hairy, you know? Very, well, very difficult. It, it is, but it also it, it's something that, that shapes my mind in terms of what I would want from myself. Um uh, Another another one. I, uh, my sister in law. She had uh, she was dying of uh, uh, glioblastoma. Same thing that got Maggie Carner. And uh, my brother uh, was semi invalid. So I several of us, several of the family members, went out to to help her help my brother during during his wife's final uh, illness. And I got to tell you, Mark, it was a real ugly scene. <laughs> Very ugly scene. And one of the thing, one of the things I was thinking of, is the impact that this had on the people surrounding her, and the the misery and the guilt and the the in, inconveniences. To that's a silly word to use in a case like this. Oh, well, uh, but that's a good word to use. The good <laughs> word because that's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That is so inconvenient to our lives here on Earth, isn't it? It, it was. So, it, the thing is, to yeah. the people around us, you know, and I don't want my mm-hmm. family to suffer like that. Yeah, I don't. That's that's another. That's one of the things that we have to be careful in, in letting that thought guide you, because you know, it's. I just read a um, Dr. Nagel uh, died. He's a professor at the uh, St. Louis Seminary for many years, and very beloved professor and there, he makes these different um uh they call he makes he has these quotes that people call nagalisms you know and uh <laughs> he and, and so I, got, I read a bunch of them that pastor whedon uh posted uh up online on his blog and, and many of them were just amazing but one of them is that unbelief unbelief is refusing uh to be given to that is to be given to to be served and our faith does not begin with us doing anything. It, that's why people don't don't accept the Christian faith because it doesn't require anything of them. And people feel certain in what they do by nature that they, they trust in themselves and what they do and what they can control. And we, we we have to recognize we're not in control of our lives. Sometimes we're going to be burdens to other people. And this is this is a big point that Professor Pless made to us. Uh, John Pless, he teaches at the Fort Wayne Seminary in the Missouri Synod. And he would say that this is what life, you're a burden to other people. You know, you, you can't, you're always going to be. You know, right? We're burdens to uh, everybody that we meet, you know? Um, I mean, even even the wonderful things about marriage, you know? Like if, um, like God's given um, uh, us a lot of children, and uh, and they're wonderful blessings. And... Uh, and and what is what? How do we seem to view them? We seem to view them as burdens, but these things that seem to be burdens really aren't. God calls them blessings, and so you being a burden to other people um, is is not. You know, you feel like, oh, I can't do this. And God's saying, hey, be still and know that I am God. Look at how I'm taking care of you now. 
yeah, it hurts them, but that's good for them. It actually is that they suffer for you. That's life. You suffer for other people. Jesus taught us that. He suffered for us. And, and, and then you get feel guilt, oh, it's my fault, etc. That's not what you should, be, you should be thinking about. You should be thanking God for what he has, the people he has given in your life. And you thank them and don't show any remorse over the fact that they have to serve you. You know, you, do you show remorse over the fact that Jesus has to serve you? You rejoice at it. He forgives you your sins. It's your, it's your highest joy that Jesus serves you. And, and, and that, that is a Christian perspective, Kip. And it's, it's, we, we shouldn't, you know, it's, it's like, do you, do you feel bad that, I mean, I know moms use this, but do you feel bad that your mom had to change your diaper and feed you and stay up late at night? I mean, I mean, I, you know, we think about those things and we're thankful for our mother, but we don't feel like we, you know, we're a horrible burden to our parents when we were children, you know, why? Because she loves us, you know, the mo- our mother loves us. And so that's, that's it's things like this at the end of life. Yeah. People have to step up and do things and you're used to taking care of other people. And especially, you know, like, um, you, if you've been, you've been a husband, you like to do things for your wife, you know, and you want to do this for your friends and your family. And, and you, because then you, you feel the value of that. And then when other people are doing things for you, you feel valueless, you know, because you're not doing anything, but that's not true. You have your value. Are you, are you not valuable? Christ shed his blood for you. What did you do to be saved? Absolutely nothing, nothing, nothing. And yet, you are worth more than many sparrows, Kip. You are worth the blood of God himself. That is the value. And so we, these kinds of thoughts should attend us and encourage us when we face those feelings. Um, because basically God's saying, yeah, you, you, your life is such that you're not going to be doing much anymore. You're going to be served. But you know what? You're already used to that. You know, that's your life by faith. You're constantly being served by the Holy Spirit, forgiving you, taking what belongs to Jesus, and declaring it to you. That's your life. Well, Mark, we got to take a break right now, but I want to go into this in much more depth. We've got a lot to talk about. So we're going to take a break here, and it's going to take us about three minutes, and then we'll be back. And we invite the audience to join us in this conversation. What do you think? Church Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org slash careers. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson, host of Moments of Assurance here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Coming up on the next MOA weekend, I'm going to be sharing thoughts about the centurion's words, Lord, I do not presume to come to you, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Uh, What faith? How about you? Do you have the faith of that centurion? I'll talk about it on the next MOA weekend right here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. 
next time on Lamplighter Theater. Chavernia, a telegram came for you. I believe it's from your mother. Oh? Don't you want to open it? <clears throat> oh, no. Father is very ill. Be ready to come if called. Oh, no. I... <laughs> Javernia. Javernia! Don't miss the next Lamplighter Theater. Saturday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. Hi, this is Todd Wilkin, inviting you to join us for Issues Etc. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5. Issues Etc. is a live call-in show with a two-fold purpose. We defend and teach the truths rediscovered during the Reformation, grace, faith, scripture, and Christ alone, and we challenge today's postmodern culture with its unbiblical ideology. Issues Etc. Live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. The Bible is filled with inspiring stories of healing. The Hebrew Bible recounts Elisha instructing Naaman to be healed by dipping seven times in the Jordan. Several psalms are cries for healing. Prophecies of Isaiah speak of the future healing of God's people. The New Testament describes great crowds coming to Jesus of Nazareth, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and lay them at his feet, and he healed them. The early Christian church established St. Basil's Hospital in Cappadocia, in today's Turkey, and a hospice in Rome, where St. Fabiola cared for pilgrims. Monks operated hospitals across Europe and the Middle East. The first modern Jewish hospital, later named Mount Sinai, opened in New York City in 1852. Engage with the Bible in its continuing influence. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk. The Pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Guest pastor today is Pastor Mark Price from Laramie, Wyoming. We are discussing things about the end of life. Shall you extend it, even at a cost, or... Is it okay not to let your life be extended if you know the end is near? If you want to join in this conversation, you can do it by email at letstalk at kfuo.org, or you can call us. In the St. Louis area, the number is 314-821-0850. Anywhere in the lower 48, you can do it uh, toll-free at 1-800-730-2727. Oh, boy, you've got to mean a lot to talk about, a lot to think about, Mark. You know, I've... yeah, it's, it's 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 hard to just uh, confine it to an hour. You know, I mean, it's 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 yeah, but it's it's also just a very it's an important thing that um, I mean, I've talked to my wife. We're we're still young, and I pray that God gives us many years. But I've talked to my wife about you know, hey, I need I want this and this and this done if I die. You know, um, because we have children, and, and there are things that that need to be taken care of, and uh, and so there's you know, it's something that I'm glad I'm glad you're talking about the topic and. And I pray that God, you know, encourage you um, uh, to think confidently about this. Yeah. Well, you know, I I can accept that I might not get home alive today. You know, there might be a Mack truck out there with my name on it. Uh, what would be very difficult for me to accept would be to find that, say, I had a I had a uh, fatal disease right now, and I wouldn't be around to see the next Fourth of July. I might be right. around for the New Year's, but maybe, maybe not. That would really bug me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I said before to people around me, I said, you know, death doesn't scare me. You know, I know I'm saved. But dying does. 
Yeah. <laughs> the process of dying yeah. does. And, yeah. And that's what I was talking about. You know, it's, is it a lack of faith to say, okay, you know, I'm ready, take me. You know, I'll just give me the palliative care. I'll take the morphine, whatever it is, but don't try to prolong my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Uh... I mean, I, I think it, it, it kind of depends, you know, if, if you're, it depends upon the situation. And again, as I said before, um, we shouldn't, we shouldn't base this decision on, on, um, quality of life. I, I don't, I don't like that, that, uh, term so much, usually because, mainly because it's usually used for, uh, 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 by people who only see the value of life when they are experiencing pleasure or happiness. And that's not true. You know, there, there, there's value to life regardless of what we feel, you know? So, so the, the decision shouldn't be made on that basis. Um, it's, it should rather be made on, you know, on whether, how can I best prepare myself and my loved ones for my departure? And, and it, it should also be based on by a Christian on the sure confidence that, uh, that you belong to the Lord. This is what um, Paul says in Romans 14, and I've read this to, to many parishioners. Um, it says, For none of us lives to himself, and no man dies to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. And for to this end, Christ both died and rose, and revived that he might be Lord, both of the dead and the living. And so that's, that's where we remember that whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. And I wanted to focus. You said, I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of dying, you know, of the actual, you know, the process. And this is something that, um, when it's, this is the most painful thing that you can possibly endure. I don't, people don't realize this, that the soul being separated from the body is these are these are the pangs of death. This is, these are the agonies of death, um, and uh, and how are you supposed to face it? Well, the only way you can face it is by faith in Christ, who overcame your death. This is where your baptism is of a great comfort. We were buried with Christ through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And that newness of life does not depart from you when your soul is separated from your body. You wait for the resurrection of the body, but you are alive. Whether you live or die, you are the Lord's. And really, when we die, we, it, it, Jesus says it's not even death. And like, uh, like Luther sings in his hymn, um, In Peace and Joy I Now Depart, um, he, at the, the last line it says, And death is but a slumber. Death is just a sleep. You know, that's just, I do not want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. So these things need to be in our mind, you know, that death actually for the Christian is an end of sorrow, is an end of pain, is an end of dealing with sin. And this is, uh, Paul talks about this way in Second Corinthians, you know. Well, that's why I say I'm not yeah, afraid I, of death. It's the process of dying yeah. that, that frightens me. Right. And, and, and you get through the process of dying by facing what this process is leading to, which is death. And, and it's, the same, it's the same with any trial that you have to go through in this life. 
uh, weeping may endure for the night, joy cometh in the morning. That's just as, that's, that's true. Weeping may endure through the process of dying, joy cometh in the morning of resurrection. And, and, and that's, that's, that, that's what we have. Um, and so we, the, this is what, what God, Jesus always wants us to turn away from, from dealing with sin and, and dying and death on our own to him and to come, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. This is what we do, because he is the resurrection and the life. He is. He's our resurrection. He's our righteousness. He's our wisdom. He's our holiness um, uh, and, our, and, and, and everything that we need. So the, the actual process of dying, you know, and the pain and having to deal with all of these things, we, we should show to our loved ones um, we should show to our loved ones, uh, uh, we should talk about Jesus. We should show to our loved ones Christ when we die. We should point to Jesus. Like uh, when Luther was dying, he quoted Bible passages like, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And he said these words in front of those who surrounded him on his deathbed. And, and it, in that process of dying, God took care of his family, you know, he took care of them. They, they still had a hard life, but God still took care of those to whom he commended to God's, uh, uh, God's care. And, and this is another thing, Kip, is that every day of your life, you know, Luther's morning and evening prayers are so beautiful. I have this parishioner that I visit now, and she just loves these prayers because it has this line, For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angels be with me, that the, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. And, and that's where you do this your entire life, and that's what you do at the end. I commend to you everything, because it's all yours. I'm yours. You gave me everything. You know, uh, life, life and death, it's yours. The Lord gives, and he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's who he is. And um, we just sang, you know, I'm a campus pastor, so I have all these young people. And last night we had about 30 people in church. It was really nice. We did uh, evening prayer, their vespers, and I was preaching on First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, which is, I do not want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep. And uh, we sang this hymn uh, from, from TLH, the Lutheran hymnal, Oh, how blessed are ye whose toils are ended, uh, who by faith have unto God ascended. Ye have arisen from the, I don't know, the pains that keep us still in prison, you know? And it talks about how, how, how blessed they're the blessed departed they're the happy departed and and when you focus on that um and then you you get a, the process is in god's control you just have to suffer it right but the end is sure and 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 so we, we going through any difficult time we should point ourselves and everyone else to jesus you know this is something that i want every if your loved one gets sick call your pastor you know, like every, I, it's amazing to us pastors how people just expect pastors to be, have some sort of omniscience and know what's happening to you in your life, you know, and so, so the pastor is like the last one to find out about who's dying. And, yeah. And it's just kind of crazy. But another reason is that they don't want the pastor there because you mentioned this earlier, people, death does strange things. It brings guilt and shame and and there are all these things, and you don't want, man, I don't want him to be burdened. I feel burdened. I don't want him to be burdened. That's his job. And guess what? He's going to bring the Word of God that removes the real burden, which is this doubt and shame and guilt and unbelief. 
You know, he, this is the pastor's job is to come and preach that Christ died and rose for us and that this is the basis of our life and our foundation. And like, like uh, Luther says, our whole life is a preparation for death. That's what it is. And so I, I really encourage anybody who's listening, you know, if you get sick or your family member gets sick, call your pastor and say, hey, uh, come and do your job. <laughs> you are needed here. And Boy, I... get up in the middle of the night if need be. So. Well, let me let me yeah. just give a second to that because, uh, you know, I, I put it off way, way too long to talk to my pastor when I was going through the situation with my wife. And I wish I'd spoken to him earlier. I would have avoided a lot of personal pain had I done that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely do that. Definitely. Yeah. And that, that's where it's it's kind of like a, uh, angel means messenger and the book of Revelation uh, pastors are angels, you know, they're to the angel in, at the church in, in Smyrna and all these other. And so they have a message to give, just like the angel <clears throat> at the tomb. Why do you seek the dead among the living? You know, this is what they, they have good news to bring. You know, they're not going to stand there. The angel's not going to stand there with a fiery sword barring you from paradise. He's going to come and tell you that Jesus rose and that he's going to come again. And and peace on earth, goodwill towards men. You know that's what that's what the pastor's there to teach. Mm-hmm. And that word, this is another. This, this is a, one of my favorite proverbs. I first read it when I was in college, and I had this little one of those Gideon Bibles, you know, that has the uh, New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. It was an old one. It was a King James version. But but I remember this proverb, and I just thought it was beautiful. It said, "Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will live by it." So that is in the power. The power of the tongue is the power of the word, right? And specifically, when it's God's word, life and death are in this power. And if you love this, then you will live by it. You won't die by it. You will live by it. That the word of God has the power to raise the dead. Young man, I say to you, arise, Lazarus, come out. <laughs> you know, and that's what happens. And the, the time is coming when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and they will live. You know. And that's, 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 you need that, you need the voice of Jesus at these times. And the process of dying is terrifying uh, to our flesh, you know, and, 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 and it's befuddling. And all of these feelings, I, I, it is amazing to me, um, but, but it makes a lot of sense how widows and widowers and children who have lost their spouses and parents or who people have lost their children, they feel a tremendous amount of guilt. You know, I, I don't, and, and, and they feel shame and guilt and why, you know, it's not like they killed their, 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 their family, but, but there's something that we, we share and we know what caused it. You know, it's not just like figuring out, Oh, I could have done this. I could have done that and regret about the way you've, you've treated them or you wish you would have enjoyed it better or, you know, not taking advantage of it or, or taking it for granted. It's that you, it's sin that caused this. That's what it is. It's sin. Yeah, I, had, I felt sin. I had a great deal of guilt. I really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm sure you've examined it a lot, and it probably still confuses you. A little bit. <clears throat> Not as much as it did. As I said, I, I had uh, some really good discussions with my pastor about that. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that, that he uh, said to me was that you have to understand, I have to understand, that God understands what you're going through. Yeah. And uh Yeah. And so no, he's not mm-hmm. angry at you for for anything that you've done. He knows what you've done and he forgives you. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And it's beautiful. Yeah, that's where Jesus, he suffered everything that we suffer. And so he's able to comfort us. He knows our, like the hymn, uh, Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer, you know? And and so you can you can you can rely upon those those things, um, and and that's where you know suffering know, knowing also that whatever you suffer in the process of of death, when you trust in Christ, you're suffering with Him, you know, you're suffering for Him and with Him, and 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 He considers that very precious, as the Psalm says, um, Psalm 16, precious Psalm 116, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. It is precious. It is a precious thing to him. And it seems so strange. Like, this isn't precious. This is the end of everything good and, and all this other stuff. But no, it is precious to him. He knows what is going on here. He knows everything, um, what you're going through, what you're feeling. And he, he looks at it with mercy and forgiveness. And, uh, and that's why it's precious to him, because it brings you to him. It takes you out of so much evil that, 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 um, that he wants to deliver you from. Like you pray every day, deliver us from evil. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's, I'm very grateful to know that Jesus died and rose for me and for my wife and for my children and for my parents and for you, you know, it's, it's what else do we have? Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I keep wondering, yeah. when when facing that final illness, you know, is it wrong to take into account the pain that I would have to endure by prolonging it or the the pain my family will have to go through by seeing me go through this. That, that's what I'm, I'm talking about when I said I'd be very tempted yeah. just to go with palliative care. Yeah. It, it, um, well, the first one is, is it wrong to because you don't want to deal with the pain? Um, I, again, I would take it into I, – I think you can take it into consideration – but it shouldn't. It, sh- it should be. Um, it should be kind of a, a corollary or a side issue that informs the main issue, which is preparing yourself for death and preparing your family to face your death with faith in Christ. So that's that's how you would take that into account. Um, and so also with pain that you like, man, I'm I'm going to give them agony. They're going to have to watch me just, you know go through all of this pain and agony. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and this is where I, <clears throat> um, if, if, if you're going to die and you know, you're going to die and you're, everything is in order and, and, and you are ready to meet, uh, Jesus and any further living <clears throat> is not going to prepare you or anybody else at all, but you're just going to be sitting there writhing, writhing in agony because you're, because you're getting this drug that's just simply prolonging your agony, then it's, then, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't want to be kept there. Why? You know, I'm going to die. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's already there and I'm ready. And I've had, and this is another, like, I want to have, um, in, uh, the, there's a hymn, Lord Jesus Christ, you have prepared. And, uh, it's a beautiful Lord's Supper hymn. It's it's my my congregation just loves it. I think they know they know it. Uh, almost a lot of them know part of it by heart. They'll come up to communion singing it because they sing it so much. I don't know if you do you know that hymn. No, goes, I don't. Uh, I'm sorry. Lord Jesus Christ, you have prepared this feast for our salvation. It's very very beautiful. And uh, the the last stanza 
just a second. I, I you know my, my congregation knows it by heart, but I'm always distributing the sacraments, so I don't get to memorize these hymns all the time, you know. And uh, but it's it's in. Let me see if I can find it here. So it's in the Lord's Supper section, and uh, it says, "Grant." The, the end of it is. It says, "Okay, okay." I'm in this section. Just, just bear with me. I know, I know we're on on, on time here, but oh, here it is. Okay. For for thy consoling supper, Lord, be praised throughout all ages. Preserve it, for in every place the world against it rages. Grant that this sacrament may be a blessed comfort unto me when living and when dying. And that's something that you you ask for the sacrament on your deathbed. Oh, yeah. Because there is the, there is the pledge that, that here's the body that, that destroyed death. Here's the blood that cleanses you from all sin and will, will present you spotless before the throne of God. And so you have that, and that's what I would say is, yeah, you have, you've had the sacrament with your, with, with, with your uh, um, believing family, and you've had it from your pastor, and, uh, and you have that comfort, and you're ready, you know? And, and you say your, your, your words, you, your final words should be focusing on Christ, you know? And, and uh, that's, that's, that's the purpose of our entire preparation. But if, 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 if the care that is going to be given to you is going to prevent you from doing any of these things, and it's just going to be a prolonging of absolute agony, and you have no, you know, you, you're, you're not even lucid or anything like that, then I just don't, you know, I, I can't... Uh, you're already ready to die, yeah. you know? And, and that's not to say that, that your life isn't valuable even in pain. It's just, it's just saying your people are artificially prolonging a life that, that is obviously meant to, to be taken. And so I'm, that's, that's, that's my personal opinion on it. And I'm, maybe I'll, I don't know. I might, I might get an F <laughs> in ethics or something for that, but. Well, well, the point that I, I really want to make here and, and, and uh, hopefully this is the right point is that refusal to take extending extending uh, life extending treatments uh is not the same as as assisted suicide because there you're taking no, a not. positive positive wrong word you are taking an active role mm-hmm. in, in in ending your life and you know it's not my life it's god's life i don't have the right to end it but if i refuse yeah. treatment it ends in his time not mine yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with you. It's a, there's a big difference. Um, actively ending it is different than saying, "Okay, I'm ready. I'm you know, I'm ready, and this is how it is." You know, yeah. and this is you could see this also on you know this ha- these kinds of things happen on the battlefield where you know a guy's like, "Hey, you guys got to keep fighting. I'm ready. Don't don't stay here. Um, I, I'm ready to go to my maker." And uh, um, and uh, if you if you stay here and try to prolong, I'm going to die anyway. So so you guys you know leave me. You know in that sense, they're, 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 those kinds of things happen. Um, and uh, and again, the point is is that you're ready. You're ready. We, death should not meet us. You know unawares that that we that we're not ready for it. And uh, um, but like Bach has this thing where she, he says, "Come, sweet death." You know, this kind of mockery of death. Like, what are you going to do to me? You, you, you've already done your worst to Christ, and He destroyed you by His resurrection. So it's it's uh, <clears throat> and that's what I'm 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 as the hymn goes, 
they will rise their Lord to meet uh, treading death beneath their feet, you know, crushing death beneath their feet. Mm -hmm. This is what our attitude should be. And when that is prevailing, then these decisions, I think, will, will become easier, you know, when that certainty is there. But without that certainty, then it's just a bunch of, you know, you, you, get, you get bogged down in all of these arguments. And, well, is refusing care the same thing? As, because, because, you know, it's, 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 uh, in, in certain cases it would be. You know, if somebody has <clears throat> a disease and he refuses any treatment for it that could actually prolong his life, then, yeah, that's, that's, that's sinful, you know, that's wrong. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, like, prolong his life for, uh, so that he can actually serve and help his neighbor. You know, like this is, and I and and prepare himself for death. So it's it's. I think that when you have, when you're facing dying and death, um, when you have Christ in front of you, and you're preparing yourself, and 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 your family is ready, um, and and they know the truth, uh, then and uh, that you're that you are ready to meet Christ. It's still going to be painful, but we don't mourn without hope. We mourn with a certain hope that we will join Christ in the resurrection. So that's, yeah, I, I, I uh, and this is something that, you know, you should, you should, you should bring up this exact same topic with another pastor on, on your show and see, see what he says, because I, these are difficult decisions and, uh, and, and difficult topics. So. It is, uh, but you know, we are Lutheran. We, we know that we are mm-hmm. saved by grace. We know it's there. All we have to do is to accept it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left for us to do. It's been done for us. So the, mm-hmm. and if you believe that, don't be afraid to uh, to exit life. Yeah, it's 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 scary though. I mean, I I think my, you know, when I think about death now, I'm I'm 37, but I would just be, I would think about my kids, you know, and mm-hmm. I I want there's there's I want them taken care of, and I I want all of this other. I have little children, you know. We have a new baby. She's beautiful, and um, and starting to smile, you know. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of just joy in in life right now. But th- th- even that joy isn't so much what I'm what I'm why I want my life to continue because I know that heaven is is greater. Like Paul says, my desire is to depart and be with the Lord. But I know that you have need of me. You know that you need me, and so to be with the Lord is better. But for your sake. You know, I'm here. He's not contemplating suicide. Yeah. He's just speaking bluntly about how things are. So it, the, the real issue is, hey, I want to be able to do what God gave me to do to help my loved ones, you know, to, 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 to do this. And, um, and so that's, that's, uh, that, that's always should be our desire for life is the desire to love. Well, thank, thank you very much on that. Just the pastor is in. A weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.